Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, back to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I am your host, Andrew. As always, I got my co-host, Matt, here with me. Vitor, unfortunately, is not going to be spending too many more episodes here with us. He is moving on to some bigger, better things in his life. We're all very excited for him. No bad blood or ill will whatsoever on the show here. And hopefully, he will be making it back for one more episode, maybe a couple others in the near future. But for now, we got a fun show going on today. Matt and I are going to lay out our dream off-seasons. We have gone through free agency in the draft, uh, as well as some potential trades laid out the best possible scenarios that we personally would come up with. This is our situations. We are running the things as the Jets general manager. We are Joe Douglas today. This is our dream off seasons. Matt, I'm going to turn the floor to you. Let you go ahead and jump off with your first uh, re-signings of some players on the Jets. Let's start your off season, right? How are we going to get things going for 2022? Let's do this. All right. Free agency just started and we got to bring back our own guys. So I first started out with Tevin Coleman, who I think has done a very good job uh, being uh, in a rotation with uh, Carter and uh, Ty Johnson. Uh, I would love to bring him back on a nice cheap deal and have him continue that role. Uh, when Carter went down, he stepped in and did a, a very good job. Uh, so I think that those two together uh, are a good pairing. And I also brought back Braxton Berrios, a fan favorite. Uh, he's definitely earned a spot. And I think the the fan base would probably burn down one Jets drive if we didn't bring him back. Uh, and it's nice to have a reliable kick returner. It's nice to have a guy that reminds people of Corbett. Uh, I love what Berrios can do. Uh, I still think he's probably just a number four wide receiver at most. Uh, but I want to bring him back, uh, brought back Morgan Moses. Uh, he stepped in to be the starting right tackle after losing the job to Fant and he held on to it the entire year and he did very well. Uh, I would bring him back as a uh, just in case again, maybe we start off the season, uh, like we did this year and we'll have Fant back at right tackle Moses backing him up. Uh, and that gives us some stability at the tackle spot. I also brought back uh, uh, Fadu Kasi. Uh, he's still one of the best run defenders and in, 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 interior run defenders in the league. And he's shown up on the field time and time again. Uh, I don't want to get rid of somebody that's that reliable against the run. Uh, of course, our run defense as, as a whole suffered, but I still think he is a bright spot in, on that defense. And it'll give some time to maybe groom somebody else. Let's see. I also brought back Joe Flacco. Uh, we wanted to bring him back before last year. And he went off to Philly because he thought he had a better chance of starting. I think he makes a different choice this time around. And we finally bring him back. He's got the arm. He's showed that he can have a 300-yard game uh, in this offense and and really compete out there. Uh, 
as far as backups go, I can think of much worse. Uh, all right. And that is everybody that I brought back from the 2021 uh, roster. What do you think of those guys? Yeah, yeah, I like uh, I like a lot of them. Spoiler, uh, I re brought back a handful of those guys myself when we get over to my offseason. Um, I'm right there with you. Interesting names that I didn't hear uh, were Tyler Croft. Uh, didn't hear that he was back. Um, didn't hear any tight ends. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what we do with free agency in the draft for you for tight ends. Um, also didn't hear anything about uh, Duvernay Tardif. So it'll be nope. interesting to see what happens with guards there. But in terms of the guys you did get back, I'm all for every single one of them. No complaints at all. All right. Yeah. I mean, there's still, yeah, there were a lot of guys. Oh, and another guy that wasn't available using fan speak was our kicker Pinero, who I definitely wanted to bring back uh, in a full season of uncertainty at the kicker position. It was really nice to finally not have to worry about that with him. And I would get, bring him back just for that alone, or at least get, bring him in and somebody else uh, as competition and have him kick it out for sure. Now, as far as uh, outside free agents that I would bring in, uh, I want to start out with my big signing. So I'll go with the, you were just talking about tight ends, Dalton Schultz. Uh, I think he would be perfect in this offense. He is the Mercedes Benz in this free agency of tight ends. Uh, we can't do much better than him when it comes to signing free agent tight ends. So I think we definitely make a strong push for him. And in this, uh, mock-off season we, we land him uh and then you also mentioned tardif so we need to replace our starting right guard i went austin corbett from the rams I like uh, that. he is coming from a system much like our own he's shown that he can hold up uh as far as the impasse impasse protection and in the run game uh i think he finds a nice home on, on our offensive line uh, and then a big wide receiver signing, Chris Godwin, who went out with uh, an MCL, ACL tear this year, but he should be back for week one. And I think he would be perfect for this offense. He could play inside, he could play outside. Uh, so the, having that fluidity uh, at the wide receiver position to move these guys around and be deadly doing it, Godwin would be a great addition. As some other guys, I brought Tim Patrick, the wide receiver from Denver. And uh, I think Love at that the one. very least, he makes an outstanding uh, backup uh, X wide receiver for Corey Davis. Uh, we know that Mims cannot be trusted to be that. So we definitely need to bring somebody in to just kind of hold the fort down in case CD doesn't uh, improve or CD gets hurt again. We have a suitable backup who can come in also off the bench and play a valuable role, especially in the end zone with his uh, huge body. Uh, some other free agents. I brought in Marcus Williams, a free safety of the Saints. We play so much single high safety uh, that we need a do-it-all rangy safety. and. Nobody really fits that bill better than Marcus Williams. Uh, I know who your guy is going to be, and I like him as well, but I, I would say Marcus Williams is probably just a step above for me. He'll also probably be a little bit more expensive, of course. Yeah, that's the kicker. That is the kicker. Uh, let's see. I also brought in Ted Karras, uh, center guard uh, who's played on Miami and New England. Uh, he offers a little uh, stability uh, probably in an improvement out from uh, Dan Feeney. Dan Feeney came in at the end of the season and was serviceable. Uh, but I think Karras is a little bit more of an upgrade, and he has he also has that added benefit of being able to play guard and center. So he'd make a nice addition. Uh, another safety I'd bring in is uh, Jaquiski Jaquiski Tart. I'm not sure if I'm saying his first name correctly. No, you got it. You got yeah. it. Uh, he has a history with, with Sala. I think he would be a nice vet addition where if we uh, can't, if the value in the draft doesn't fall to us, we can be happy knowing that we have these two veteran starters uh, on our defense. And then we can build the depth around them. Uh, so that's 
that's my, those are my major free agent uh, signings. What do you, what do you think of those guys? Yeah, I like that a lot. I especially like the wide receivers. Godwin and Tim pa- or Tim Patrick legitimately, I think, would be excellent additions to the receiving group. I think a, a top four uh, or a five, really, of Godwin, Patrick, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Braxton Berrios in no particular order, that's a damn good receiving core. Uh, in fact, you're in Dalton Schultz at tight end as well. You're giving Zach Wilson some targets, and I definitely like that. Uh, I also agree with Marcus Williams um, in terms of safeties. The Jets, in my opinion, they're going to need some new starting safeties, and I would rather them sign one than draft one. Uh, so I'm right there. Marcus Williams is one of the top guys, a couple other top guys as well. Uh, we'll see who I went when we get to me, but I'm, I like your free agent class overall. I like the guys you brought back and I like the guys you brought in. Yeah, let's do it. So we'll move on to the draft. Let's do it. Uh, so I, to make my, my full plan complete, I went a little trade happy in the first round. Um, I don't think JD really wants to stay at pick four. I think that he sees that there's more value later in the first round. Uh, and hopefully there's a quarterback that really heats up, maybe one or two quarterbacks that heat up. And the trade market really starts to appear for JD. So I had Atlanta trading uh, the number eight pick and their second round, the pick number 43 with us. So they get the number four pick. We get those two picks. So we move back to eight. And I picked Ahmad Gardner, a cornerback from Cincinnati. I believe he can step right in and compete for cornerback one right off the bat. We love Hall, but I think Gardner has the potential to be that cornerback one. And usually I would say I don't think that JD will go cornerback uh, in the first round. And I still don't believe he will, but this is my fantasy offseason, so I will go Gardner. And I think the combination of Gardner, uh, Carter, and Hall would just be a, a great cor- uh, starting quarterback group with Eccles, Gidry, Pinnock, uh, backing them all up. And then for pick 10, uh, I traded again. I traded with the Eagles, uh, JD trading with the uh, team. He knows very well. Uh, we gave them pick 10 and they gave us pick 16 and pick 51 in the second round. Uh, and at pick 16, I picked Nicobe Dean linebacker from Georgia. Uh, if you watch the championship game, you saw firsthand uh, Dean's ability to fly around the field at top speed without fear with physicality. Uh, he knows what he's doing. And I think that Sala, uh, would be chomping at the bits to add him to this linebacker core, uh, who at times struggled. Uh, I think a linebacker core of, uh, of CJ, uh, Williams and Dean would be pretty formidable. Uh, and then it also gives Sherwood time to, to heal and come back and, and we'll see what he, we have in him as well. Uh, so then we move on to the second round where I drafted Kingsley Anikbari from South Carolina at pick 35. Uh, he's one of the smartest edge rushers you'll see in this draft. You can see his mind working on every single pass rush. He will mix in his outside speed moves perfectly with his counters. Uh, he is athletic. He's very long. He knows how to, get clear of blocks. I love what he, what he brings to the table. His stats might not have uh, flown off the pages as far as sacks, but he wins his matchups a lot. And I think at the next level under the tutelage of our coaches, he's going to land a lot more sacks. A lot of those wins are going to turn into sacks. And I don't think I can pick many other people in this draft that would make a great count, a three down counterpart to Lawson other than Igbari and then moving on in the second round. So at this point, we, that's our first second rounder. We have three more second rounders now, uh, due to those trades, uh, with the second one, uh, pick 38, I have Trey McBride tight end from Colorado state. So now we're mixing Schultz and McBride. Uh, I believe, uh, LaFleur wants to do a lot of multiple tight end sets. So that means yeah. we're going to need a lot of tight ends. 
And I want to get rid of pretty much that entire tight end room that we had and rebuild it from the ground up. So yeah, Schultz that's reshaping McBride, it in one year for sure. And Schultz year. and McBride in one year, that's that's one way to do it. Pair those two, put them on the field at the same time, you got trouble. Going on, pick 43 in the second round. Lewis Seen from, you guessed it, Georgia. There's going to be a lot of Georgia picks here, guys. Uh, like uh, Dean, you saw him flying around. He offers uh, a nice uh, package of physicality and speed and instincts. Uh, I like what he brings to the table. Uh, and he also uh, brings value depth to the safety position. Uh, we have our two reliable starters in Marcus Williams and Tart. And Scene can probably step in for Tart uh, next year or the year after, depending on when the contract runs out, and be that guy next to Williams. And they can be the, the Legion of Boom 2.0. Moving on to our last second-round pick, uh, another Georgia guy, uh, Devontae Wyatt, the interior defender from Georgia. This guy is massive, and he moves like he is about 40 pounds lighter. He is so fluid and so dangerous as a run stopper and in the pass rush. Uh, I, we brought back uh, Fatakasi, but I think a mixture of him and Wyatt uh, we'll definitely bring a little bit more uh, stability to our run defense uh, in addition to Quinn and Rankins and Franklin Myers, who will also spend time in, in the interior. I think that group uh, off, will offer uh, a lot of depth and a lot of talent just in case people go down. Moving on to the third round, I picked up guard Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Uh, yeah, wax I, poetic about Cole Strange real quick because this is oh, your dude. Yes. This is a guy that I fell in love with early. I just random clip of of him uh, on the internet while I was watching somebody from Kentucky, and he just sort of flew off the tape. He moves so well. He's got a lot of strength. Uh, the The biggest issue with him is probably that he's from Ch he's coming from Chattanooga. But he went up against a, a strong SEC front in Kentucky, and he held his own. Not only did he hold his own, he actually played very well. I think he would fit perfectly into our scheme uh, with everything that he brings to the table as far as uh, athletic ability, strength, his anchor, uh, everything that you kind of, he kind of checks all the boxes for me. Uh, and I would love to bring him in. And he can be a nice little piece that go that sits behind Beer Tucker and and uh, and Corbett for maybe a year, and then maybe he can step in and be that starter. Uh, he offers that uh, potential, and I think that he would sort of round out uh, a great uh, interior uh, offensive line. Next, we go to the fourth round, where I brought in another tight end. Cole Turner, a tight end from Nevada. Uh, like I said, I want to rebuild this entire tight end group. And we need depth, lots of depth, because these guys are going to be flying on the field uh, and maybe two tight end sets, three tight end sets. I can see. Uh, I think it's only in our benefit to bring in as much tight end talent as possible. So now our tight end room looks a lot like Schultz, McBride, Turner, and I think we can probably add Yaboa to be our our fourth tight end. Uh, I think uh, JD and, and Sala would like to keep him around and uh, see how he develops. So that's uh, a pretty formidable formidable group right there at tight end. Moving on to the fourth round, pick one fourteen. I brought in Brian Robertson, running back from Alabama. So we got Carter. We got Coleman. They're the speed guys. They're the hands out of the backfield. Uh, but we don't really have much in terms of a thumper. That yeah, short we need some power guy. in that backfield. We need some power. And Robertson is a tank. Uh, you saw him against Cincinnati. They could not stop him at all. Uh, even Georgia had trouble at times uh, bringing him down. He is a load. Um, and I think he would be a valuable addition to that running back group. Because there's not much there that can do what he can do. All right, moving on to the fifth round. 
Uh, we we shored up the interior of the offensive line. Now let's uh, shore up the the exterior and grab ourselves a, ta- a tackle in Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. Uh, he's another guy that offers some athletic ability and strength. Uh, he is also coming from a small school, and I think we don't really have much as far as depth outside of uh, Moses Fant and and uh, oh my god and. Uh, well, I, I'm blanking. I'm blanking on our star left tackle. <laughs> uh, right now, we have what Connor McDermott and Adoga uh, yep. in the wings. I think we just need one more guy that can be an upgrade to those guys, and I believe Braxton Jones can be that guy. And our final pick, 161 fifth round, Troy Anderson from Montana State, another linebacker. Uh, I think he would add a nice little bit of. Uh, of developmental talent to this team. Uh, Sala will be seeing an up close uh, showing of him at the senior bowl uh, as he offers good size, good instincts uh, in coverage and in run defense. Uh, He's long. He knows how to tackle. He takes great angles. Uh, I think that he has a lot of potential to really grow on this team, uh, especially with linebacker studs like, CJ to grow from and coaches like Sala and Ulbrich. So these guys know how to develop tight end uh, linebackers. And I think Anderson could be that guy that really develops. All right. So what do you think? That's our draft. I like it. I like it. Go ahead and run through all the names real quick, just in order one more time, just so we can get a recap for the people. Sure. We, the first round, we got Ahmad Gardner, cornerback, Cincinnati, uh, Nicobe Dean, linebacker, Georgia, second round, Kingsley Anigbari, Edge from South Carolina, Trey McBride, tight end, Colorado State, Lewis Seen, safety from Georgia, uh, Devontae Wyatt, interior defender, Georgia, third round, Cole Strange, interior offensive lineman from Chattanooga, uh, fourth round, Cole Turner, tight end, Nevada, Brian Robertson, running back, Alabama, fifth round, Braxton Jones, offensive tackle, Southern Utah, and Troy Anderson, linebacker, Montana State. Yeah, that's a good crop. That's definitely a good crop. Uh, we got a couple of very similar picks in our draft, uh, not to get too ahead of myself, but it's a good crop for sure. Um, I think you more so than me, to be completely honest, I think you have a complete offseason. I think you were able to address every position that needed addressing and add a solid answer, whether it's a starter or a depth, et cetera. I think you did a really good job spreading your resources really well. Um, I, that would probably be where I would give your, your off season, the biggest round of applause is just in the overall effectiveness of it. Yeah. I'm trying to find like a weak spot. And the only thing I can think of is maybe center. I had us keeping Connor Mc, McGovern. Uh, he played pretty well this year i mean he wasn't bad uh he could definitely improve uh on his uh protection calls uh but as the year went on he he definitely solidified himself as a solid center uh so i can see definitely see uh jd and solid wanting to keep him around uh but at the same time if he doesn't really improve those things i could still see uh, a lot of gelling problems for next year when Beckton comes back, when uh, Corbett is now to the right of him instead of Van Roten. Uh, so I can I can see a lot of the troubles that we had early this year, early next year as well. Uh, and yeah, uh, but center is is I I I love Lindenbaum from from Iowa, but I can see JD sticking with the guy that he brought in who finally showed up and showed that he was worth taking. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that too. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get into my off season here. Uh, quick spoiler. I don't agree with Joe Douglas and I think we need a new center. Um, so we're going to sign a center and free agency, but we'll get that in a second. Uh, first things off, let's resign some players. Uh, had a couple of the same resignings as you. We brought back Tevin Coleman. We brought back Braxton Berrios. We brought back Morgan Moses. Uh, we did bring back Foley Fadakasi. I think that's a really, really critical one, uh, for the strength of the interior of the line. Again, the run defense, like you said, it wasn't great this year, 
uh, definitely wasn't even good. But how much worse would it have been without Foley Fadakasi? That's a scary thought, and it's not something I want to I want to deal with going into the future of this next uh, next year. Uh, after that, I agree. The tight end uh, position definitely needs uh, some attention, but I don't think we can completely reshape the room entirely in one year unless we go balls to the wall like you did. So I did things a little different. I brought back Ryan Griffin. Uh, he's not going to be a starter. We do have other guys coming in, but for depth purposes, he's coming back as well. Um, I also brought back Laurent Duverday-Tardif. Just again, depth on the interior of the offensive line is never a bad thing to have. Let him compete for the right guard spot. Give him an opportunity uh, to win that job outright joe uh, joe douglas basically got him for free so no reason not to see if he can't continue to pay off for that investment and i also did bring back joe flacco as well um to be the backup quarterback definitely a good signing by you i agree with 100 seems like zach wilson and joe flacco got along pretty well uh, and i think uh, he is going to be a good voice in that room um let's get to what i consider the the uh, the crux of this offseason. This is what the rest of this offseason revolves around for me. And it's a player for player trade. So the Jets are going to make a call to their old friend, the Carolina Panthers. We know we have some trading history with them from the Sam Darnold trade. Uh, what we also know about the Carolina Panthers, especially this past season, is their offensive line is in shambles. And they are desperate for people to play offensive line, uh, specifically offensive tackle. So looking at that and looking at the situation with George Fant, I think George Fant is going to ask for a raise this offseason. And I think George Fant is going to want to stay at left tackle after how great he just played this past year. And rightfully so. If I was George Fant for George Fant's agent, I'd be telling him to do exactly that. And I also don't think the Jets want to give George Fant a raise. I also don't think they want him to stay at left tackle. I think they believe he's their right tackle where they can pay him a lesser amount of money and still have a quality player. And if I'm George fan, I want to go to a new place where I'm going to get paid. So rather than deal with a holdout, what if we call the Panthers and we execute a little player for player swap to bring in some more offensive talent for Zach Wilson. We'll have Mackay Becton reclaim his role at left tackle and we are trading George Fant straight up for DJ Moore. Now mm. we have our go-to receiver. We have a guy that can pair with Elijah Moore. I wanted more. We got more. Uh, now we have two of them. And you had mentioned uh, in your pieces on the receivers about versatility and about being able to play multiple roles. Well, that's DJ Moore to a T. This is a guy that can do all the stuff that Elijah Moore can do with the jet sweeps. Um any amount of quick screens, bubbles, et cetera. He's also a downfield threat. He's consistent over the middle. He makes catches in traffic. I think this guy is a superstar that's just been hidden in Carolina. And I really think that you could be able to make this trade happen. So rather than worrying about attacking free agency and spending a bunch of money on a Chris Godwin, or if Devontae Adams by some miracle shakes free, opening up the Brinks truck for him, not that those are bad players. I think this can be a savvy move to use the assets you already have. And rather than lose Fant to a holdout or trade him for something else, I think you can make a really, really big move here. Let's swing for the fences. Let's bring in DJ Moore. So Terms of players brought back to start things off. Tevin Coleman, Braxton Berrios, Morgan Moses, Laurent Duverde, Tardif, Foley Fadakasi, Ryan Griffin, Joe Flacco, and we are trading George Fant for DJ Moore. Matt, what do you think of that start? Wow. Uh, that, that trade's a big one. And yeah, it's something I, I kind of agree with. And I've sort of been floating out there on Twitter about this potential uh, nightmare situation where Fant wants a new contract, where he wants to really cash in on that great season at left tackle. And if that happens, yeah, this kind of trade would be very favorable, especially if we're bringing in a guy like Moore, uh, who I agree would be a perfect addition and compliment to Davis and Moore, uh, or other more, to more Moores. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great trade. And I think that it's, it's, it's simple and it's more than realistic as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the biggest thing here for me is that I legitimately could envision this happening because the Panthers are downright desperate for offensive linemen and they're a little too far in the draft where you're hoping maybe a tackle falls, but maybe they're not comfortable with the tackles they have at the top. We also just saw Matt Rule talk about why they didn't take Rashawn Slater and it's because he didn't fit their measurements for offensive tackle. Well, George Fant's 6'6 and 320, so he's going to fit their measurements for offensive tackle just fine. Mm-hmm, yep. 
That's true. Yeah. He's, he's the kind of guy that can jump right in and be their left tackle uh, going forward. And who knows what they're doing at quarterback. Uh, who know, uh, they, they, they're kind of a mess right now. So I can see rule wanting to build up that offensive line, uh, build through the trenches, much like the jets have been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and get into some free agents here because I think that's the next stop. Um, first things first, I mentioned the center position. I'm cutting Connor McGovern and I'm doing that to save $9 million in cap. Uh, with that newfound $9 million in cap, I am going and getting, in my opinion, the best center in the NFL. And that is Ryan Jensen from Tampa Bay. Um, Ryan Jensen is going to be a free agent this year. And if the Buccaneers are stupid enough to let him get to free agency, I think you have to open up the checkbook and give him whatever he wants, because this guy, not only is he a mauler in the run game, he's been an absolutely force in the run game. He's been probably the best pass protecting center in the NFL the last handful of years on top of just his skills and pass protection. He is excellent in, um, awareness and pickups communication, as well as uh, blocking assignments. That was McGovern's big issue this year. We talked about it all over and over on this show where Connor McGovern sets the protections. And so if his protection calls are messed up, there's that's going to be on him in the end of the day, when you're getting free rushers coming in, I don't want any more free rushers. So I want a guy in Ryan Jensen, that's going to take care of that. And last but not least, he's one of the most durable offensive linemen I've ever seen. Uh, in the past five years that he's been a starter in Tampa Bay, he's missed like less than 10 snaps, like not like 10 snaps, not 10 games <laughs> over five years, 10 snaps. It's like 99.7% of snaps he's played over the last five years. That is unreal durability, especially for a guy that's this gritty and this tough and does as much dirt in the run game as he does. His stability is something that the Jets offensive line desperately needs. He immediately becomes the anchor point and the leader on that front. And I think he could be the missing piece to take this line to the next level. So first things first, I'm swinging for the fences. We're getting Ryan Jensen. After that, I agree. We got to go get Dalton Schultz. He's the top tight end on the market. I don't think there's anybody else that's even close to him in terms of the, the starter that's going to come in and be a factor on your offense. So I think he is the guy. He also helps in the run game uh, as the Jets need two-way tight ends. You're not going to be a tight end on the Jets if you can't block, and Schultz certainly fits that mold. So I'm right there with you. Safety position next. You had Marcus Williams. I went a little different. Um, I've been championing Jesse Bates on this show for a while now, and I would not be upset if the Jets were to sign him. However, I think they can save themselves a little money and I think they can sign Texan safety Justin Reed for a little bit lesser of a, uh, money, maybe on a one-year prove-it deal. And I think he could be just as effective and execute the same role that Jesse Bates would execute as that deep safety that you really need in this single high scheme. The Jets don't just run cover three, but they do run single high a lot. And when you're running single high, your deep safety is really important on the back end to be range, to, to have the range to make up for your corners. I really think that's where Justin Reed can, can shine. And I think that maybe be a change of scenery. It'll do a lot of good for him. Get him out of Houston where things have been rocky for a little bit. I think it could really pay off. Uh, last but not least, I have a couple of under the radar signings here. We have Mo Ali Cox, the tight end from Indianapolis as a tight end too. Uh, this is another guy that I think is really underrated. Solid blocker is good in the receiving game as really, really so quietly good after the catch breaking tackles, running through guys once he gets the ball in his hands. And as we know with the jets offense, getting guys in space, especially tight ends on the bootlegs, um, that's just easy money. So having a guy who can make plays with the ball in his hands is important. And then finally, we got James Daniels, who's the guard from the Chicago Bears. Uh, James Daniels is going to come in to be either the starting right guard competing with Duvernay Tardif and somebody else who we'll get to in a little bit, uh, Cole Strange, as you heard from Matt. I also have drafted him as well. So he'll be in that competition. Um, but James Daniels, if he does not win the right guard job, he becomes the backup center to Ryan Jensen. He's played center in college at Iowa. It's where he was originally going to be drafted as. I think he, in, uh, as a zone center specifically, so I think he could work well as a backup there. That's my free agent class. Matt, how you feel about it? Wow. Uh, I really like the Ryan Jensen pickup. Uh, like I, I was most uh, skeptical about keeping Connor McGovern uh, in mine and you went out there and just got the best center in, in the class uh I, I like it a lot other than getting lindenbaum i think that's probably the best move to to make uh and it would solidify and anchor this offensive line and probably bring that stability uh early with uh with the guys that we, he has around them 
Uh, I love that pickup. I love Mo Alley Cox. Uh, you really decided to fix the the tight end room in free agency. Uh, we have Griffin, Schultz, and Mo Alley Cox. Uh, I think those three alone uh, is a very solid tight end group. Um, Justin Reed, uh, another you, you went a little bit cheaper uh, as a, a, a of a choice for safety, and uh, yeah, at the same time, I think that's more in line with what JD wants to do. Uh, he doesn't didn't seem like he really wanted to pay May, so he probably really doesn't want to pay a guy like Marcus Williams either. Uh, so yep. uh, maybe a guy like Justin Reed is uh, more in in his wheelhouse. Uh, all around solid group. Uh, James Daniels, he's a, a road grader out there. Oh, and I think you were mentioning Jensen's uh, ability to stay on the field. I think he had uh, a high ankle sprain or something uh, this year, and you can still see him flying to the second level and making incredible blocks downfield. Uh, so, yeah, I can't uh, really uh, say more good things about Jensen. Uh, he is a monster out there. I love it. Yeah, if he if it were to actually happen and the Jets were to sign him, I'd buy his jersey immediately. He would be he would immediately become one of the the storied Jets offensive linemen like Damian Woody, Alan Fanica, DeBrickashaw Ferguson, you know Matt Snell, any of those guys. He he would he would be up there, uh, and I really think he would be the missing piece to take this offense to the next level. Um, that said, let's get to the draft here. I did a lot for the offense and free agency as well as with a big trade. Uh, so we're in lockstep when it comes to the draft. We got to fix this defense. Uh, and I also agree that we're going to do some trading to make that happen. I didn't go as trade happy as you, but I did make a similar trade. Um, I'm going to be honest, Matt. I think you kind of got screwed on your value. I think you could get <laughs> a lot more because when it comes to quarterbacks and teams trading up for quarterbacks, especially when they got to come a little bit of a ways and you got other teams bidding for the spot, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I don't think that any of the top three picks being the lions, uh, the Jaguars, the lions and the Texans, I don't think they're going to trade. I think they're going to stay where they are and take either one of the two defensive ends and, or Evan Neal uh, within the top three. So that means to pick four for the jets is where the bidding starts. So I have a trade with the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Denver Broncos are going to send pick nine. They are going to send their second round pick being pick 40, and they are going to send their first round pick in 2023. The Jets are sending pick four, and they are sending their fourth round pick in 2023. The San Francisco 49ers went from 12 to three, and it cost them three first round picks to do so. I think the Jets can get two ones. Um, leading into the class, our first two picks, Matt, are identical. I have at ninth overall, I have sauce Gardner from the corner from Cincinnati to be the new cornerback one for the jets. Uh, solidify one of those outside spots, be the alpha dog in the secondary. And I have Nicobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia 10th overall with back-to-back -back picks right behind him. Um, Everything you said, I agree with uh, Dean in particular. I want to talk about really quick because I think he is your CJ Mosley heir apparent. I think you take him at 10th overall, knowing that CJ Mosley will be playing his last year in New York in 2022. After that, you let Kobe Dean take over that role. You're hoping Quincy Williams has developed as well to play the will linebacker. You still have Sherwood and Hamza. We all know how I feel about Sherwood. So you got some depth there. You got other potential. But if you get Kobe Dean, I think he is going to be your future uh, at your linebacker spot. And I don't think you could ask for a guy to really run that role much better. Um, most importantly, uh, with Dean in particular, he is so smart. He's, he's athletic as hell. He's fast as hell. He's going to be, you know, one of the better athletes at linebackers in the NFL when he gets drafted, but he's so smart. He's so instinctive and he knows not only his role, but the roles of his teammates. There's a clip uh, from the national championship game where George is in the red zone and they get a run call to the right side and they're uh, trying to set things up pre-snap Dean's directing traffic and linebacker Quay Walker is one of his teammates messes up on the run fit and lets a run go to the right and it gains a good bit of yards and Kobe Dean comes over and starts banging him on the helmet being like dude get with it come on that's your gap you got to stay on it get with it you know get in the game let's go and the very next play Quay Walker gets a sack so this is the type of guy you're injecting into your defense as well as sauce Gardner being there. You need some dogs on defense. These are two dogs. These are going to be the leaders of your defense for years to come. I'm right there with you. Those are the two guys I want to target. Let's get to the second round here. Uh, we got at pick 35. I went a little earlier on the offensive tackle depth than you did. Um, I'm taking Darian Kennard, the right tackle from Kentucky. 
planning for him to take over for Morgan Moses next year. Morgan Moses would be on a one-year deal. You have Kennard as an option for depth purposes. Let him get familiar with the scheme. If he beats Moses outright as a rookie, then even better. But you have some options at tackle. Also, you have a guy that can, worst-case scenario, sub in at right tackle. Moses can bump out if Becton gets hurt. So you give yourself some options there. Uh, First three picks there. Um, I'm really on board with that. And we're going to go to pick 38 probably my favorite pick in this entire draft. And that is Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end from Florida state. This dude wowed the hell out of me when I watched his tape, Matt, you know, as I was texting in our, uh, our group chat that we have for the draft, um, I've been getting through the defensive ends lately. That's been my kick uh, for the last couple of weeks or so has been getting through all these defensive ends. And Johnson was one of the last guys that I actually watched. I'd been through the top guys. I'd been through uh, Enig Bari, who was the guy you drafted. I'd been through Cincinnati's by Jay Sanders, been through a couple other guys, um, Drake London, USC or not Drake London, Drake Jackson, excuse me. Um, and then I got to Jermaine Johnson at Florida state. And holy hell, I don't know how this dude isn't being talked about as a first round pick because he has everything you could ask for as a four, three defensive end. He's rocked the hell up. He's big. He's strong. He's about six, four, believes about two sixty. Um, carries it. You can see as soon as you turn on the tape, the dude is just absolutely jacked. He's an athlete. He's got a great first step. He's got long arms. He's got some great speed to power to his game. Uh, He has counter moves inside when he needs to. He plays the run well. He's very aware, instinctive. I didn't really have many negatives for him, quite honestly. Uh, It was just plus, 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 plus when I turned the tape on. And he's without a doubt my edge for So the way my edge rankings are go to sneak peek into the top five, I have Kayvon Thibodeau, number one, I have George Karloftis, number two, I have Aiden Hutchinson, number three, I have Jermaine Johnson, number four, and I have Kingsley Anangbari, number five. Those are the five for me. Um, And Jermaine Johnson, if he gets to pick 38, I'm running the card in last pick in the second round here for, we'll take a little break and we'll get Matt's thoughts again, a similar pick to you. I had Lewis singing the safety from Georgia. Um, another guy to help solidify the back end. I think he fits more in the strong safety role. Um, while we got Justin Reed on the back end playing free safety. Um, did you know Lewis seen led Georgia in tackles this year? That's not surprising. He, yeah, he's all over the field. He's always around the ball. I, I could, I could definitely see that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, and with you watch his tape and it makes sense, but not knowing outside of it, you would hear the name Nicobe Dean, you hear Quay Walker, Jordan Davis, guys like that. You would think, they would be towards the top. No, Lewis seen as the safety led the Georgia defense and tackles this year. Um, he's, as you said, instinctive, he's smart. He makes plays in coverage as well as in the run game. I think he's a great fit to the secondary fits the attitude that this defense wants. Uh, I, I would be all on board with him at pick 40, Matt, how you feeling of the first five? We got Ahmad Garner, Nicobe Dean, Darian Kennard, Jermaine Johnson, Lewis seen. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think you cheated a little though with your, uh, with your trade. Uh, I think you put it on free for all instead of using the, the value of the thing. It wouldn't let me get uh, all three, three, three ones, three ones it took three San Fran ones. three ones. It took uh. Washington. Washington got three ones for the second overall pick. It, it took the jets. Th- it took the jets a one and three twos to get from six to three. I yep. think you can get, I think you can get two first going from nine to four. I really I, do. I completely agree. I think you're 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 absolutely right there on the value. Uh, I love Kennard. Uh, he's a very strong offensive tackle prospect. Uh, who I think, yeah, he would be perfect to just be depth for this year. And if needed, he can step right in and and be that starter at right tackle. Uh, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, I I went with the guy who I think is the most instinctual uh, edge rusher in the draft. You went with a pure junkyard dog this guy an ass is kicker. A an absolute ass there. kicker and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that i think that in this defense uh he would thrive uh, you got an ass kicker in lawson on the other end and then you just add another in jermaine johnson and you've got a pass rush on the edges that you can need to worry about i, I love it and then uh our other three picks are the same and uh, you know i love them as well yeah, absolutely. Definitely in lockstep here. Things get a little different. We get to pick 69. Uh, definitely a fun pick here. My alma mater, Coastal Carolina University. We're not done adding tight ends. We're bringing in Isaiah Likely. Um, this is a guy that I think could be your receiving target 
This is of the all the guys you brought in that I have in this group. You have Mo Alley Cox, Dalton Schultz, Ryan Griffin. Um, you're really looking for that guy that's going to be your outright receiver. Where if you want to go into a four wide set and you want to have a tight end on the field, uh, maybe to go in line and play slot, Isaiah likely can fit that role. I think this can be uh, kind of similar to Jordan Reed in Washington. We know how players like that have functioned in this offense. You also had Vernon Davis when he was uh, in Washington for a while. He played well in that situation as well. I think there a role for a more of a receiving tight end. Um, I think Isaiah likely is the perfect guy for that. I had to pick one of my shots. He was available. I got my alma mater there. I'm not going to turn it down. Uh, heading on after that, I completely agree. We are at round four, 108. We need some power in this backfield. Um, other than Brian Robertson, who I do like a lot, and I feel, agree, fits the scheme, is used to run and zone in Alabama, no problem, brings the power, I'm all for it. But there's a guy that is probably like I had last year with JV and Hawkins is going to be my JV and Hawkins this year. And that's Tyler Algier, the running back from BYU, Zach Wilson's former teammate. This guy is about 5'11", about 226, 225. And you wouldn't know it looking at him because he's so smooth and so quick and so agile, uh, especially running the zone concepts. We said for a while that Zach Wilson's offense at BYU was similar to the Jets offense, zone-based, wide zone, stretch, play action, throw the bootlegs, hit the running back out of the backfield, et cetera. Well, there's no reason that Tyler Algier, Tyler Algier doesn't translate for the same reasons. Um, and on top of that, for as quick as he is, for as smooth as he is, he brings that power. He runs like he's 225. He will run you over, no problem, Get puts his head down, gets north and south, and can be that extra oomph in the backfield that we really need. On top of that, he's a really good receiver. He's not a guy that you're going to have to mm -hmm. only use in the run game. He can be used in the pass game, I think a little more so than, um, than Robertson can. And I, I think his potential in that aspect, especially with how much play action the Jets run, I really like his potential there. Moving on, pick 114, uh, Cole Strange. There's your guy. Add more offer, uh, more competition to this interior. As I said before, he'll be competing for the right guard spot with Duvernay Tardif and uh, James Daniels. Always good to have competition. I'm in the, uh, the mindset that I would rather, instead of taking the one position that I need and signing a guy and going, he's my starter. That's it. I would rather take a couple of guys and let them battle it out for it because you're going to breed competition. That way you're going to have players get better in camp. Um, one of those guys will end up as the right guard. And then you got some really solid guard depth that you didn't have before. Um, I think there's no reason, especially at 114. I think Cole Strange at 114 is a lot better than the 114th pick in the draft. Moving on, we have pick 144, uh, Ty Freifogel, the wide receiver from Indiana. This is one of my under the radar guys. Uh, like saying it now in January, if he goes on to be a really solid player in the NFL, uh, who's just one of those consistent receivers, always putting up numbers. This is just who he was at Indiana. This is a guy. He's not that big. He's about five eleven, maybe about one ninety or so. He's not going to be super fast, um, but he just gets open. He's a very crafty route runner. He's very quick in and out of his breaks. His hands are fantastic. He's just a reliable receiver. This is a guy that knows how to play the position and guys that know how to play the position really well are going to find roles. He's going to be able to create separation in the NFL and it's taken me years, but I've fully been converted to the separation over contested catch uh, movement. So give me those guys that can get open. Fry Fogel's definitely a guy that can get open and at pick 144, I think he's a steal. Last pick of the class, we got pick 161 in round five, Ellis Brooks, the linebacker from Penn State. Here's a guy that offers some off-ball and rush versatility. Uh, he's played defensive end a little bit as well as rushed off the end. The Jets have blitzed their linebackers a little bit, as we saw this year with Quincy and C.J. Mosley getting some uh, blitz opportunities. So I think Brooks could be a solid guy to add into that group. Um, I'm not expecting players like Blake Cashman to be back. So you're going to, uh, and we're still waiting to see how Sherwood and Hamza recover from their injuries. So you might need some more depth at linebacker than we first thought. We got Dean at the top of the first round to go ahead and be the starter. Nothing wrong with adding some depth guy that can maybe bring some juice on rushdowns. Uh, overall, I think it's just a solid class attacked what we needed to attack. I'll go ahead and recap Ahmad Gardner at the top, Nicobe Dean, Darian Kennard, Jermaine Johnson, Lewis Seen, Isaiah Likely, Tyler Algier, Cole Strange, Ty Freifogel, and Ellis Brooks. Matt, what do you think of that draft? Wow. I, I love just about all those picks. Uh, Tyler Algier uh, jumping right back into that BYU pool uh, and bringing out another stud. Uh, I think he would be perfect 
uh, complement to the speed with Coleman and Carter. Uh, his speed and his ability as a receiver, too. Yeah, uh, I like him a lot, likely. Uh, people really think of him as uh, just like this huge uh, receiving threat as a tight end. I think he's pretty serviceable as a blocker as well. And I think in this offense uh, with LaFleur, you need to have, uh, you need to be able to go both ways. Uh, so I think he is a great, uh, he's my number two uh, tight end right now uh, outside of McBride. Uh, Fry Fogel, he's a guy that caught my eye last year. Uh, he, yeah, like you said, he's not that big, but he's just very reliable. I remember seeing a lot of clips of him just making these circus catches with great body control and hands and yep. concentration. Um, so yeah, I really like his, uh, his ability, uh, and Ellis Brooks, he's, uh, not to be overshadowed, uh, by other, uh, great, uh, Penn state defenders like Brisker and Brandon Smith. Uh, he came to play every down. Uh, you see him right around the ball all the time. Uh, yeah, his I motor never stops, never stops. I think for a fifth round pick, uh, a guy to, for depth, I think you can do a lot worse. Uh, he is very good. Uh, this whole group is, is, uh, one that I think would, uh, would stand to be one of the better drafts, uh, that I can think of. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Brooks would add a lot of pass rush ability. Uh, Dean is also another guy who I really like as a situational pass rusher. Uh, He was very efficient as a pass rusher this year uh, for Georgia. Um, There's a lot of talent here. Uh, It's a great group. Uh, I I like the draft a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I had, I had a theme for this whole off season um, or or a motif rather, if you will, I want to see if you picked up on it. What do you think my, my, my motif of this off season was? Oh, let's see. Your motif here is, well, it's definitely bringing in people that fit the system, people that are uh, familiar with it and that would go right in and be able to compete. And they wouldn't really be missing a lot. They wouldn't need to learn a lot because they're already familiar with a lot of the things we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's a good one. Um, My, my theme for this, besides obviously finding players that fit, these guys are badasses. Ah, we're not yeah. we're not the same old Jets anymore. We need some tough mother effers. We need some dudes that know how to win. We need some dudes that don't take no crap. We need guys that are going to walk into a locker room and command respect. This is the type of player that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas want. They want the alphas. They want guys that you don't have to worry about. None of these guys have off-field problems. None of these guys have any questions to their work ethic. They're all guys that are loved by their teammates. They're all guys that, for all indications, work as hard as they possibly can because that's the Jets don't want to deal with anything other than guys that absolutely love this game and are straight-up badasses about it. So that's what I wanted to do because I'm sick of watching the Jets get beaten down. They need to do some beating themselves, so let's bring in some dang ass-kickers. Yeah. Uh, who who was it? Was it Jamal Adams that said we just got to bring in some? Dogs? We need more dogs. We yeah. need more dogs. Uh, well, we got rid of him, and I hope that we do bring in a lot more dogs. Uh, and this, yeah, this group is is full of them. Uh, I can see every single one of these guys bringing it every single play, uh, and really bringing that finally bringing a new culture, a uh, culture of badassery. Yeah, yeah, that's what they need. That's absolutely what the Jets need. Let's wrap things off here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my favorite, uh, or most likely, least likely, and then my favorite pick of your offseason, and then you'll go ahead and do the same for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the most likely thing that you had uh, is going to be that the Jets are taking Cole Strange. And I think that the two of us mm-hmm. m- both having that is is evidence to that. Cole Strange is going to be in their group of offensive linemen at the Senior Bowl, so they're going to get to see him firsthand. Um, I think, like we said, he brings the attitude. He fits the scheme. He's a guy that they're going to know personally. I just... I think he's going to be a Jet. I, I could see that being, being very likely. Um, least likely, uh, I'm going to go with Chris Godwin. Not because I don't think that the Jets would be interested in him, but I don't think they're going to be as interested in him coming off an injury. And I think that if Chris Godwin was fully healthy, that Joe Douglas would be a lot more willing to pay what he had to pay to acquire his services. But because of that injury, 
I think it's going to be a different guy. I think the Jets are going to be adding a top receiver this year, whether they trade for one or whether they sign one. I think that's going to happen. I just am not quite sure it's going to be Chris Godwin. Uh, And then my favorite move that you had, quite honestly, was signing Tim Patrick, because I think Tim Patrick is an excellent receiver. I think he's very underrated. I think he could quite honestly probably challenge Corey Davis a little bit. If, if you gave him the opportunity for that X role uh, and to add depth, to have another guy on the outside that can be consistent, that can make uh, tough catches when he needs to. And quite, and has been a, a solid deep receiver too. He's been, he's not just a possession guy. Everyone sees Tim Patrick at six, four and think that's all he is. He can get, he's got some juice. I really like him. I love his potential. And if he were to be an addition to this team, I'd be all for it. That's probably my favorite one you had. Yeah, uh, I I can't agree more. Uh, yeah, if 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 CD still has the troubles that he had this year, I could see Tim Patrick stepping in and being the the starting yeah. X wide receiver. Uh, and it's nice to have that kind of depth and safety behind them. Uh, that that was probably one of my favorite picks too. I was seeing him still available. I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'll bring him in for sure. Uh, yeah, I I, I, I like it. And let's see. So we're going with uh, most likely. I would have to agree with Cole Strange. I think, yeah, yeah as soon as they get a, a close-up look at him, they're going to see exactly what you and I see uh, and that how good of a fit he is and how much of a badass he is. And he's just going to jump out right away. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more that he is he's probably the, the most likely. Um Least likely, I'm going to say Jermaine Johnson. Not because I don't like him. I don't see him lasting to the second round. Yeah. Uh, I, I see eventually, probably after the combine, he is he's going to kill the combine. He's going to oh kill the God, combine. He's going to blow the combine up you so know, bad. Not even the combine. I can see him destroying the senior bowl. And, oh, yeah. And, that. Really, and then jumping into the first round right after that. So I think we can maybe kiss that goodbye. Uh, so the only chance that we could probably get him is if we trade back into the first round and my favorite, uh, my favorite is, is going to be likely, uh, I love likely as a tight end prospect. Uh, I think what he brings to the table is maybe a little bit of like Pitt's light. Uh, that guy that is just such a dynamic receiver as a tight end. Uh, he brings so much to the table that. I think him along with the group that we already have, uh, it just boosts it to the next level. Uh, it's there's so much there to to have to worry about as a defense, and to add a guy like Likely to the situation just makes things so much harder for them. Uh, I love this entire group. I I, I love all our moves. Uh, maybe I'm a homer, but <laughs> I, I I there's not much wrong with. Uh, pretty much any of these off seasons that we put forward. No, no. We said these were our dream off seasons for a reason. We we were swinging for the fences to start off with. We'll get in over as the off season goes on. We'll go over and over and see the, the worst case scenario, the best case scenario and everything in between. But we had to start off high and we had to start off shooting for the fences. I agree. Uh, there's a reason a lot of our picks are similar because there's some really obvious moves that make a lot of sense for this team that kind of just seem like natural fits. Uh, you know, guys like Ahmad Gardner, guys like Dalton Schultz, guys like Cole Strange, you know, guys like N'Kobe Dean. These are these are players that just make sense for the Jets. Uh, and it's certainly their path for how they're going to attack this offseason. It's pretty clear in terms of where they need to attack. The question is just how do they do it? And I think that's going to be the, the intricacies that we'll have to find out overall. I'm really happy with these. Like you said, uh, either one, if they were to go down this way, I think Jets fans would be pretty dang excited for 2022. Yeah. I mean, going into the 2021 draft, I feel like a lot of people were thinking we need to fill so many needs and we still have a lot of needs this year, but I think we have enough assets uh, and we can even get more assets with trades uh, to fill our needs and not just fill our needs, but also fill depth because depth is so important. We saw yeah. how many people get injured throughout the season, especially now that there's 17 regular season games. Uh, having that depth available is probably what's going to get us through it. It's what gets a lot of teams through the thick of it. 
when things are down and adversity hits. You need that depth to step up and show out. And I think the group that we both put together uh, will do that. Uh, they'll be great starters and great depth. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I agree. Hopefully, Joe Douglas listens to this podcast and, and ha- gets some ideas for himself to follow. Uh, but until then, we'll see what happens. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. We will be back real soon. Uh, break down more of the offseason. I'll go ahead and drop my handle. Matt, you'll go ahead and do yours afterwards. I don't want to say you guys know the drill anymore because it hurts my heart. Um, <laughs> so you can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. Matt, go ahead and drop, drop your handle. Um, <laughs> I'm Matt, you can find me at Zazzy Jets. And follow Vitor at Vitor Piva, and I'll do it for him since he's not here. Thank you guys so much for listening. This again has been the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. We'll be back real soon to continue breaking down the offseason, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye.